Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Go to Matthew 13, and we're going to read initially verses 1 through 13. And I read some of these verses just uh, last week, so we're just going to kind of flow right through them. If you've missed some of the series, I encourage you to go back and, and check that out. So Matthew 13, 1. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. Verse 2. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. Now, we talked about this. Why did he get in a boat? Why was he in the water? Because sound or voices project over the water. They re bounce or reflect off the water. And so he was speaking to a large crowd, and he, he had something important to say to them. And so he wanted them to hear. Um, and by the way, this parable is also found in Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8. So if you want to go back and read the different accounts, again, remember that these accounts are written by three different men who, who saw the same thing, experienced the same thing, but they're writing from their perspective. And Matthew is writing to primarily to his Jewish brothers. So there's a different approach sometimes when you go back and read the, the account in a different book uh, because the target audience may be a little bit different. Okay, let's look at Matthew 13, 3. He told many stories, talking about Jesus, he told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. Verse 4, as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Verse 5, other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. Verse 6, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Have you ever seen, probably not around here, but you've maybe been to Arizona or different places where there's a bedrock, and then you have a little bit of soil on top of that. Uh, here we have this, this hard gumbo clay, and it, it's, it's probably about like rocks sometimes, trying to get something to grow in it. But that's what he's talking about. Um, Verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Verse 8, still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. And then he says something very interesting here. He says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And I, I love the disciples because... It must have been difficult for them sometimes because they would hear these things and, and they would, they, I, I can imagine that they'd be prodding one another, well, ask him a question or ask him about this. And uh, they might have thought they were asking stupid questions, but I'm, I'm so glad that they were bold enough to ask some questions because sometimes I'd be going, I'd be thinking the same thing. And so sometimes they would ask questions. And uh, let's read on in, in Matthew 13, 10. And I spent some time going over these scriptures last week, so I'm not going to spend much time here. But his disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? It's a reasonable question. And he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. And we talked about that last week, so I'm not going to go back over that. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. 
But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Verse 13, that is why I use these parables, for they look, but they don't see. They hear, but they really don't understand. And so let me ask you some questions that I want you to ask yourself this morning. Are you seeing with your spiritual eyes? Or do we have blind spots that block us from seeing the truth, seeing reality, seeing the full picture? Are we hearing with our spiritual ears? Almost every Sunday I say, God, open our spiritual eyes that we can see you. Open our spiritual ears that we can hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today. And are we really listening to the Holy Spirit? Are we finding that quiet time to get alone with him away from the noise and the traffic and the distractions of this world? Are we filtering what we hear? You know, it's one thing that we can, we can hear the Word of God, we can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us, but are we filtering that through our pain, rejection, our insecurities, our pride? Are we filtering it to hear what we want to hear? Or are we saying, God, I really want to hear and understand what you're telling me? Because we're, we can all filter things through our woundedness or through even our situation. Uh, have you ever been in a bad mood, you know, and you just snap at somebody? I have. Hey, quit punching one another there. I know we all have, right? But sometimes even, even a situation or circumstance or just where we are for the day, we woke up on the wrong side of the bed, can filter how we hear something or how we respond especially to the Lord. Sometimes we will misunderstand, we will miscommunicate, we will hear something or think that we hear something. Verse 13 again, that is why I use these parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. Jesus tells them, and and we're going to talk about it here in a minute, Jesus tells them that the seed represents God's word. And he talks about, and, and well, he describes four types of soils. Okay, there's a soil that fell on the footpath. There's, well, let's just read them. Okay. Uh, How do we prepare the soil of our heart to receive God's word? That's really the question that I want to ask us this morning is how do we prepare the soil of our heart? Or maybe a better question is what is the soil of our heart? What kind of soil do we have? So let's skip down to verse 18, Matthew 13, 18. And Jesus says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. Verse 19, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Let's go back to Matthew 13, 12 again and just review that. Matthew 13, 12, to those who listen to my teaching, teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. So are we listening to Jesus' teaching? And uh, verse 12 continues, But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Okay, let's go back to verse 19. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. The connecting point for understanding the word is found through our relationship with Christ. Remember, at the beginning of the series, I talked about the word, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. And then in verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we, we understand that Jesus is the Word. 
So the connecting point for hearing and understanding and receiving the word is Jesus. Um, we also have the presence of the Holy Spirit to help us understand. So when we're reading the word of God and, and we say, God, I, I just don't understand what you're trying to tell me here. Would you give me some fresh revelation? Would you give me some understanding of what you're trying to speak to my heart? Because I'm not making the connection. So Jesus is always the connection. We know that Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they are one. And, and so Jesus said, I'm going to be seated at the right hand of God at the throne of grace, and I send the Holy Spirit to comfort you and to lead you and guide you into all truth. So the connecting point is found in our relationship with the Lord. Matthew 13, 19. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. It continues on. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. So we see two distinct hindrances here to the word of God that falls on this type of soil. We, the soil represents people that don't understand the word. Do you know people like that, that you've, you've shared basic foundational scriptures and there just seems to be a disconnect or a block? They, they don't seem to understand the word. And uh, it also represents people that have the word of God stolen from their hearts. And it's interesting because sometimes we will have people, or maybe, maybe not even in the church, people that, I, that I've worked with or something like that, and uh, I'll have the opportunity to, to pray a prayer of salvation with them. And, and they get so excited, and, and it's like they have, they're getting the seed, of wor- uh, the seed of God down in them. They're getting the word, but then something happens. Something happens, and next thing you know, it's, it's like they begin to disconnect. Well, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's go to, uh, I'm jumping ahead, guys. I'm jumping ahead, but in John 10.10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them, you, me, us, a rich and satisfying life. Um, Let's go back to Matthew 13, 19. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Sometimes in Scripture, Satan can be represented as different things. We know in the garden he was represented as a snake or a serpent. Here he's represented as a bird. He can also be represented as a dragon or different, different things. Satan is not this cute little red man with horns and a pointed tail. Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's effectively doing that in the world around us. And maybe, maybe you've gone through seasons in your life where the enemy was trying to take you down, take you out, not just take you down, but take you out. I know I've been there. So here in the scripture, the birds represent Satan. The birds came to steal the seed, which represents God's word, the one who desires to steal, kill, and destroy us. The word of God will produce fruit in our life. However, if it never takes root and grows in the soil of our life, it will not develop into a tree or a plant that will produce fruit. It will never have the opportunity. Now, I've seen birds eat seed on the ground. But I don't think I've ever seen a bird trying to, to pull up a plant out of the ground or, or take down a tree. So this, the word of God needs to be planted in, our, in the soil of our hearts, and it needs to begin to take root. And I think that's what happens when we see people that come in and, and they get saved and they're all excited, but 
the roots don't grow. They, they don't get firmly rooted in. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, let's, let's look at 19 again. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Continues on, then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. As our lives are filled with the word of God, our lives are changed. And we have a greater understanding of the word of God. We have a greater understanding of the purpose that the Lord has for our life. But that comes with time. I mean, we talk about spiritual growth and maturity as a lifelong process. And so as we begin to connect to the Lord, as we be, begin to yield our life to him, and he, and he continues to pour into our life, and those seeds go down and they, they, they get good, strong roots, our lives are changed, and we understand. We understand his love for us. We understand his purpose for our life. Our relationship brings greater connection through the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. It's all about this relationship. And Christian talked about it this morning, about it's all about love. God is love. God is love. And his great desire is to be in intimate, personal relationship with us. That's his greatest desire. Matthew 13, 20. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. The message of Christ brings hope, encouragement, and joy. And again, I think about people that just get saved, that, that come into a relationship with the Lord. They're fired up. Maybe you remember when you first accepted the Christ, uh, accepted Christ, and you were going out and you were sharing this newfound hope with others. People that are broken have a deep need for the, these things that, that I just talked about. They have a deep need for hope, encouragement, joy. You know people that are broken? And, and just wounded and, and hurting and looking for something. And maybe they're trying to find that in a bottle or drugs or sex or whatever. But people that are broken will be strengthened and encouraged and helped when they find Christ. Let's look at 1320 again. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. Verse 21. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away soon, and, and as they have problems or are persecuted for believing the word of God. They fall away whenever problems come, whenever persecution comes. And I think about some of the people that are being killed and martyred for their faith. I'm thinking, wow, how strong they are. They're being persecuted. They're being killed because they won't renounce their faith. They have, you know what? They have to have a connection there. There has to be some, uh, some level of commitment to give your life or something. If our relationship with the Lord is not a priority, it doesn't take much to crowd him out of our life. Beer? <laughs> Boats? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but really, I, I, we have to be intentional in seeking the Lord and, and staying connected because there are so many things that will take us off track. And, and I see this a lot in, in over the course of my life. I've seen where people are in a bad situation. And they really get serious about God, really cry out to him, seek him. And God does something amazing in their life. And then it's like, okay, God, thanks. I got this now. Thank you. And, I, you know, if, if I have another crisis, well, then... 
then I'll come back. But I'm good now. I got it. And God, God is not looking to put a Band-Aid on our, on our lives. He's looking to bring restoration and healing and wholeness to our lives. There are Christians that are literally placing their lives on the line for their faith. Let me ask you to consider this question. How committed are you? That's a tough question because we live here in America and, and we're not really persecuted. Oh, well, somebody may talk bad about us or somebody may write something on Facebook. Come on, that's not really persecution. I'm talking about real persecution. How committed are you? We live in a country where we can freely worship. You know, do you realize how blessed we are? If you've never been to a third world country or another country, you, you don't realize how blessed we are to live in this nation, to have clean running water, water, clean water, food to eat, clothes. Thank you that you have clothes on today. But we are so blessed to live in this nation. We are so blessed that we can come into this building and freely worship God like we're going to be doing on Friday night. I want you to come on Friday night. It's going to be awesome. We're just going to get into that worship zone and worship him. So if taking a stand for Christ really cost you something, would you stand for him? What if we had to go underground as a church? Would you still attend? <laughs> what if we had to hide to meet? Matthew 13, 21, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Verse 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Worries of this life can hinder our relationship with the Lord. I know people that they worry about everything. You know, it's like, really? Um, somebody needs to tweet this. So somebody get out your phone. Get ready to tweet. Trust in God will neutralize worry. Trust in God will neutralize worry. Because worry is really a lack of trust in God. If we're doing what we need to be doing, if we're praying and if we're following the Lord's plan for our life, there will be challenges. There will be things that we need to get understanding of. So that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to say, God, I don't understand why you close this door. So I need some understanding. I need to listen to your word. I need to listen to what you're telling me. But I also need to understand what you're doing in this situation. Because you have a purpose and plan, and there's a reason that this is happening right now. So would you give me some revelation and understanding? Worries of this life can deceive us into thinking that the answer is found in money. If I only had a million bucks, if I only won the lottery, everything would be perfect. Everything would be taken care of. That's not true. The lure of wealth can hinder our relationship. Well, you know, we're, we're driving, my wife is driving this brand new Mercedes Benz, nice car. And uh, so we've got all these bills, so I'm going to have to take on a second job. I'm going to have to work 80 hours a week. I mean, the lure of wealth can suck the life out of us. 
I thought it was interesting that it talks about, in this scripture, it talks about worry and wealth. Because if you think about maybe people in your neighborhood, you, you think about keeping up with the Joneses. You think about people that put all this emphasis on wealth. And listen, God, you know, if, when we give the first of our increase, our first 10% to him, he promises to meet all of our needs. God is concerned about our needs. He wants to make sure that we have food and clothes and, and things of that nature. But what this word is really talking about is excessive wealth. People that, uh, that will just spend beyond their, their means. And, and so we need to understand that money is not the answer to our problems, but Jesus is the answer to our problems. The Word of God is the answer to our problems. All right, let's go to 1323. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear, who truly hear and understand God's Word and produces a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. That's what I want to be. I want to be some soil that there's a lot of fruitfulness coming from my life. I want to have abundant fruit in my life. How much fruit can you see in your life right now? If you were to look into the spiritual mirror, how much fruit is in your life? Is there a lot? Is there a little? Is there any? <laughs> the Word talks about the fruit of the Spirit. You remember what those are? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. But is there fruit in our lives? God wants us to produce fruit because he's given us the seed of his word. And he's, in many of us, he's preparing or been preparing the soil of our hearts to receive that, that, uh, that, that seed that will go down and, and get strong, good roots that will deliver abundant fruit. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word. Lord God, I want to truly understand and hear your word. I want to fully yield my heart and my life to you. And God's word produces a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. During the fast in January, uh, while I was praying, one of the many things the Lord spoke to me was, there is hope in the word. Okay, we know that the Word is Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. There's hope in the Word. I want you to, to repeat this after me. Say, there is hope in the Word. Come on, say it again with some. There's hope in the Word. As we lift up the name of Jesus, he says he will draw all men un, unto himself. So that, that was one of the things the Lord said to me. There's hope in the Word. The other thing he said, there is power in the Word. There you go. Come on, say it again. There is power in the Word. And we've sang about that before. The same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Wow. Can you get that? Can you understand that? That there is power in the Word. That there is power in Jesus. So the, word, the Lord told me there is hope in the Word, there is power in the Word, and then he told me, realize as you teach the Word, I am doing something in the hearts and the lives of those hearing. 
The word says of itself, it will not return void without accomplishing what it was sent to do. So anytime we're here, we're hearing the word. God is doing something in our life. God is doing something in our hearts. Are you listening? Are you understanding? Are you yielding and allowing God to do something amazing? So he said, realize as you teach the word, I'm doing something in the hearts and lives of, of those hearing. And then he reminded me of the scripture that we talked about last week, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. And then he, he concluded, I mean, this was just uh, when we were going through that 31-day that fast, or 21-day fast, and the 31-day of, of seeking the Lord. God was, was just giving me these little tidbits every day. And he concluded with, keep preaching my word. I think, I think we could say, keep preaching Jesus. Not only preach it, but live it. Man, when, when we live it, we have passion to share that. We have passion to go out and, and share that with other people. And the, the core scripture for this, this series is, put on the salvation as your helmet. Remember that we're saved. This is, this is where the, the battle is in our mind. Put on the helmet of salvation. Lock it in there. Don't let it get out. Lock it in. We're saved. Jesus came to free us. Jesus came to, to save us. And on the cross, what did he say? He said, it is finished. I mean, it's done. It's over with. The sacrifice is done. Salvation is made available for those who simply receive it. So Paul writes, put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I heard this one time. I thought it was really good. It says, anyone can count the number of seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.